Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a play fake. Minshew taking a deep shot for Goddard. He's open. He's got it. And he's got a touchdown. Oh, Dallas Goddard. What a drive. A 36-yard score in Minshew. Jody Mack, I have seen the future. Well, at least nine and a half hours from now. And it is Gardner Minshew to Dallas Goddard. Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack now. Joined today by my pal Jody Mack. On this frigid, frigid Saturday, Jody, I hope you're all hunkered in and warm and looking forward to football today. And I don't hear Jody. Uh, neither do I. Okay. Well, let's, uh, we'll try to get Jody Mack up there um, because I am with Jody for the next three hours, and then we got the countdown to kickoff, and then we have got the pregame, and it is going to be a busy day on 94 WIP as the Eagles play the Cowboys in Dallas today. We got Jody. Hello, hello. There you are. Hey there. Tell me you got me, big guy. How are you? <laughs> Always a pleasure, pal. All right. Now we don't need to start again. We'll just pick it up. All right. So, Jody, the Eagles are listed as a four point underdog today. First time all year. They have been underdogs. Cowboys are 10 and four, coming off a, uh, a, a, a what's the word I want to use? The adjective. Uh, not a crushing loss to Jacksonville. Pretty close. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they're still considered one of the best teams in the NFC, certainly uh, by ESPN. And the Eagles go in as four-point underdogs, and I understand the logic for it. But I'll tell you now, I'm not buying it, Jody. I'm feeling good about today. Oh, uh, I'm feeling okay about Gardner Minshew. I was there last year. I did not hear that call that we played at the top of the show because I was in my seats at MetLife Stadium mm-hmm. last year when Gardner Minshew came off the bench to lead the Eagles to a victory over the Jets. Now, last year the Jets' defense wasn't very good. I, I Believe me, when I tell you I know the Jets' defense wasn't good, it's one of the most improved uh, aspects of a football team in the NFL this year. The defense is very good this year. It was not very good last year. Uh, so Gardner had a good day that day. I thought it was humorous. They went in to ask Nick Sirianni, what do I have to do to become the head coach, uh, the starting quarterback of this yeah, football team uh, going forward? And Coach said, <laughs> Wait, know, we're going to ignore that moment. <laughs> maybe we just uh, kidnap Jalen and get him out of town. Otherwise, he's our starting quarterback. And man, has that proven to be right with the MVP season he's had. Um, yeah, Gardner could go in and win there today. 
it's more of a Dallas is overrated by ESPN's computer shot that I give the Eagles. Then uh, the Eagles are going to come out and you're not going to miss a beat with Jalen Hurts. I think it's a big drop off, Glenn. Oh, I'm not telling you it's not. And, and, and nothing I say today is going to tell you it's not. But let's, uh, let's start with the situation. Um, Jalen Hurts takes that big hit to his shoulder last week. He's out this week, maybe next, actually. A story uh, came out in the last couple hours. Adam Schefter on ESPN uh, tweeted, uh, Jalen Hurts, who will miss Sunday's game against Dallas because of a sprained shoulder, also is uncertain to play against New Orleans in Week 17. League sources told ESPN, Hurts is recovering from what doctors call an SC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder, an injury to the joint where the collarbone meets the breastbone. The Eagles would like to see how the weekend plays out in the NFC playoff race and how Hurts' shoulder responds to rest and treatment before determining whether the MVP candidate can play against the Saints in uh, New Year's Day. Well, okay, so I think the specific news there is we have not previously heard the specific injury, which is the SC joint. At 11.45 this morning, we will be joined by one of our doctors from Cooper Joint to explain w- exactly what that means and if that's if indeed that's more serious than what we thought. But here's what I'll say about Minshew and about the backup, because we've seen this before. And Jody, tell me if I'm being foolish. We've seen it with Foles. We've seen it with Coy Detmer. We saw it with Jeff Garcia. Spoiler alert, you'll hear it with Jeff Garcia at 11. I heard Ike Reese uh, earlier in the week talking about how hard the team played uh, for Coy and for A.J. Feely, and in fact, they won with Mark Sanchez as a backup. Uh, Hertz came in as a backup and beat the Saints two years ago. That, in fact, according to Elliott Shore Parks, the last five times the Eagles have had a backup playing, they won the first game. And I, I think, Jody, there's kind of the starting goalie gets hurt, team picks it up for a game or two thing going here. Because we've seen it, I've, we've seen it with the Niners this season a couple of times. Um, and I do think that as much as Jalen Hurts being much better quarterback in the NFL than Gardner Minshew, I think you have the possibility for a week, and hopefully just a week, of the – Starting guys out, everybody picks up his game. You've seen it. You're talking about the rally the troops. Yeah. Uh, everybody picks it up because you've lost your leader. Seen it many times, including we have. with this team. We have. In all those other incidents, you've never had a guy go down like Jalen Hurts. Not only at the quality and the level of play that he was playing at, but the leadership that aspect of it. And and they're all talking up Gardner, that he comes in, he takes control, he's a cocky kind of guy, uh, so there isn't a drop-off in enthusiasm. But I'm sorry, I just don't believe they will follow Gardner Minshew the way that they follow Jalen Hurts. There's um, a reason why this guy was the favorite for the MVP. In the sure. Oh, listen, nothing I say, nothing that I say today is take anything away from Hurts, who was deserving of the MVP when he got injured. Who knows, maybe he can still win it. Um Excuse me. Uh, so nothing I say is is going to suggest otherwise. But I do believe in that because I've seen it so many times and I've seen it with the Eagles. Listen, the guys, the the quarterbacks the Eagles have won with in the past were not as close to good as Donovan McNabb when he got hurt, right? But they managed to win. And I think one day, big game, they can do it. Let's talk about Minshew a little bit. He's not a, he's not a bum. He's not a stiff. And I know you were not implying such. 
He started 23 games in the NFL in his career. He's got a quarterback rating of 94. It's pretty good. He got 41 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in his career. 62% completion average. Completion average is so-so. The 41 to 12 is pretty good. Um, Jody, I think he's he's 26 years old. He's got a chance to start in the NFL next year. I mean, you look at the reclamation projects this year, Geno Smith. I think this is a great showcase for him in front of a national audience. Is I hope, and for his sake, I hope he takes advantage of it and has a good game or two or three, because it could be many, as you just read the report about uh, Jalen Shoulder still very much in question. Yeah, this is an audition for him, and more power to him. He's probably going to price himself out of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's probably going to go somewhere where he's going to have a chance to compete. And I've heard some people talk this week that he's one of the top 25 quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't even know if he's one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, if you ask me to make a wager, if you and I were to make a silly bet, and I know we're going to talk about your silly bet with Sealski. You're getting oh, yeah. back into it, Mac Man. Good job. And I'm always willing to make a silly bet with you. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll, I'll bet you anything you want that Gardner Minshew does not start nine games in the National Football League next year. That uh, he he will not go somewhere and win a job over someone else and be the starting quarterback. Now he can always uh, jump into a job because he's the backup and the guy in front of him gets mm-hmm. hurt and he ends up starting nine game, uh, a handful of games. Uh, I, to me, to be the starting quarterback, you got to start at least half the games. More than half would be nine. I don't think he's starting any for anybody in the league at nine games next year. So mm-hmm. he is what he is. He's one of the best. He's he's maybe the best backup in the National Football League. But he's not a starting quarterback. Um, I may make that bet with you. Let me think about that. Uh, and I think you're correct in that the number of backups in the NFL who are better than him, you can count on one hand at most. Not even, maybe. Well, I mean, it's like maybe San Francisco. I'm not sure who officially is the backup this season and who's the star. They're on their third guy, and they're doing pretty well. Uh, who else do we like? Uh, Heineke's doing a good job. He was the backup. Uh, Bridgewater I, I, and I take Garden. I take Gardner Minshew over Carson Wentz these days. Well, yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also take him over Nick Foles these days, and I love Nick Foles who gets a chance to start this weekend for the Colts. I'm just trying to think. Dalton was the backup. He's the starter. I mean, who's the who is the backup? There? Jameis was the oh, starter. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ma- major disappointment. I thought Jameis could actually recapture some of the glory days, and he has been. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been good, and they've never given him a chance. You don't want to get me started on the Saints who are coming to town next week and how they've handled that team this year. No, they're, they're a stone mess. cold mess. Bad coaching. Bad everything. Uh, Bridgewater in Miami. I don't know, but but listen, I think he is one of the. You say he's the best backup in the league. I'm not even going to argue that. I was going to say he's be, one of the but five he's not best. A, yeah. But he's not a starter. Yeah, He's not going to start for any team next year because there will be teams that would start uh, a guy who's Kids. basically on promise, not yeah. having accomplished anything just because the upside is there. Gardner is what Gardner is. I know he's only 26 years old, but do you think that Gardner is going to have a bust-out major improvement year like Jalen Hurts does down the road? I don't think so. No, I think he's a guy who can start for uh, – well, he started for Jacksonville, start for a bad team. I think he's a guy who can come in when your quarterback gets hurt and win some games, which is what we need him to do, which is why they traded for him, because they believe in him. And you obviously you can't risk it with Hurts, fall on that shoulder, get hurt, 
then you're in big trouble for the season. Gardner Minshew going against Dallas, New Orleans, I can live with. Gardner Minshew going into the playoffs, no, that's not what we want. So let me ask what you expect to see. Um, you were at that Jets game last year, and, yeah, that mm-hmm. Jets defense was not pretty good. Hold on, I got a cough. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm over COVID. I tested negative, but I still have a little bit of a cough, so it, it may happen a few times today. Okay, the the Jets defense last year was not as good as the Cowboys defense today. No. At the same time, the Eagles offense was not as good as what the Eagles have today, adding A.J. Brown uh, with the year that Sanders is having, with Devontae having a better year. The Eagles offense this year is uh, has many more weapons and is much more effective than that. I know that um, the other game that he started last year was that final game against Dallas with, with all the backups, so that means nothing. Right. Um, this means a lot for Minshew, right? Gets the chance, national TV, to show how good he is. And whether or not you think he can do it, his goal clearly is to earn a job next year. What do you expect to see? And I have bad news for Gardner Minshew because I'll give you what I think the Eagles will do today and I could be 100% wrong, and I'll give you what I think the Eagles should do today, which I think I'm going to be pretty close to right about. I, I think there's a good chance the way that I would lay it out is the way that it's going to go, vanilla. Because there's a real good chance the Eagles and Cowboys are going to play a third time. Now, just changing the quarterback is going to change the things they do. They're not going to run near as many RPOs and zone reads with Gardner Minshew as they would on a given week with, Jalen Hurts, and I know you and I want to debate a little bit as to how the Eagles should handle Jalen Hurts going forward when that shoulder gets better this year in the playoffs, years to come, how they uh, implement his running abilities uh, and be careful not to overuse them going forward. They're not going to do that with Gardner Minshew this week. He's going to have some. I don't think they get away from it 100%, but I don't think they'll run it near as many percentage times. Yeah, I'll give you an over-under of six carries for him. That's probably a pretty good number off the top of your head, yeah. Matt. Got man. Yeah, I was going to say not five, counting so. those kneel downs at the end. It's right. Yeah, the kneel down. <laughs> if you need a lecture on what does count as a run and non-run, you got to uh, go to Coach Sirianni yeah. on that one. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to run many RPOs, and I think they're going to run the football plain and simple. They've got the best offensive line in the National Football League. They can just get annoyed and run it down the Cowboys' throats. We've seen the Eagles do it a couple times this year. Oh, once was against the Dallas Cowboys at Lincoln Financial Field earlier this year when the Cowboys scored in the fourth quarter to make it a one-score game. What did the Eagles do? They came out, ran it 10 straight times, went into their uh, own territory, and then Jalen threw a couple of passes. They end up in the end zone. But they ran it 10 consecutive times. A couple of those were Jalen runs, which we're not going to get today. But they, they came out and said, all right, we're just going to run it down your throat. And I think they're going to do that today against the Cowboys. I do not expect Gardner Minshew to put it up 35 to 38 times, um, even though the Cowboys have a real hole in their defense at the other corner across from uh, Diggs uh, because when Anthony Brown went down, uh, Trevor Lawrence just picked on the backup quarterback time after time. Made Zay Jones look like a Pro Bowl player. Oh, no, he can't be. Too many Eagles guys on the Pro Bowl, so there weren't spots available for him. But he looked like a uh, Pro Bowl player, yeah. and you're going to be tempted to do that a lot. And Devontae Smith with a 100-and-some-odd-yard game again. 
I don't think so. I think the Eagles are just going to come out. It'll be a little on the boring side. If the Eagles can win the game, that's the only thing to matter. Eagles will forgive Shane Steichen for going very run heavy. But I think this is a Miles Sanders, Boston Scott type day where they just uh, methodically move the ball down the field against the Cowboys time after time after time. Oh, the only thing I disagree with you on that is that the fans might be disappointed. Or the fans would love that. The Eagles run the ball 40 times. The Eagles fans will go crazy. They'll love it. All right. And, well, and, let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Which do the Eagle fans, the Eagle mm-hmm. Nation, the people that you and I talk to when we do shows on our phones and like that, but you and I both been doing it for three decades, which do they like more, running the ball down an opponent's throats or blitzing the opponent's quarterback? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's their two great loves, you know. Correct. Right? So you got to pick one over the oh, other. The oh, it's defense uh, yeah, Exactly. It's defense, oh, yeah. defense first. Yes, but so. they love, I mean, it's, you know, run the ball, run the ball. They're the people in this town have been calling for that forever. Uh, and this year they're good at both. And you're right. Dallas lost the cornerback and really got picked on by Lawrence. But through the season, Dallas's defense has been pretty bad against the run. 24th in the league in yardage allowed in the run. 4.6 yards a carry, which is 22nd. So I think you can run on him, and I think you're right. With the backup quarterback there, you want to keep it simple. I don't know that Sirianni thinks in the way of, well, I really didn't use Sanders much last week. i got to get back to him. I don't, I don't think that is a factor in his mind. Nah. But if the matchup works that way, I certainly think he will do it. And the Eagles' offensive line is so, so good. Best I've ever seen in all my years here. All five of those guys are pro bowlers or pro bowl alternates. Yep. Um, and Dallas's defensive line is not particularly great. It's got some talent, but not throughout. I do think the Eagles, if they choose what you're saying, can can run it effectively all day. And you know what, Jody? I'm perfectly great winning that way. Here's the other thing that I, I think you should keep in mind. And again, not the main reason why, but a nice contributing factor, as I said, there's a good chance. I'd say it's close to 50% that the Bills and Eagles are going to play at the, uh, the, the Cowboys. Eagles and Cowboys are going to play at the Bills third and time. Eagles are going to play in the Super Bowl, Jody. That's in February. They just put a Josh uh, Allen picture up on ESPN. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's slip time. here by yours truly. Uh, no um, problem. I think there's going to be a third matchup, mm-hmm. and if you've got a couple of plays that you really think you've seen on film, you know you can run them, and Dallas would be susceptible to them, you might want to keep them in your back pocket for the most important time these two teams will meet. We know the Eagles' situation. They need to win one of their last three games. Nice to do it today. Get it over and done with. Cruise control the last two weeks, but they're going to win the division 99% for sure. Do you really want to give up your best play, your best handful of plays? No, I think they keep them in reserve for a potential third matchup, and some of those plays may include uh, the quarterback throwing the football. Hopefully it'd be Jalen Hurts by the time the playoffs run roll around, not Gardner Minshew, but I think they do want to save a couple of uh, aces up their sleeve. See, and that's an interesting thing because if things hold as they are, Dallas would travel here the weekend of January 22nd, presumably with Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott both healthy. And so I think both coaches have to have a little bit of that in mind today. Um, the win is more important for the Cowboys than the Eagles, but I think the Cowboys know they're going to make the playoffs and where they're going to be seated and what it's going to mean. So I think on offense and on defense, both coaches may have a thing like, oh, you know what, this is a great play. Eh, you know what, 
I'm going to hold that to January. Let me hold on to that one. Yeah, I think you're right. We may we may see some of that. A uh, lot going on the show today. We're going to talk with our old pal Ray Dinger at noon. We're going to work in a Philly signing last night, a veteran closer, uh, Craig Kimbrell, to a one-year deal. Impressive night by James Harden, Joel Embiid, as the Sixers win their, I think, their seventh straight home game? Seven in a row. Wow. Oh, and uh, the Flyers lost again, and Carter Hart got hurt. <laughs> hey, but the, you, you won't have to watch a, a Flyer loss for a week, Mac Man. Yeah. They got a down week. Yeah, great. Uh, best caller of the day gets a $50 gift certificate to Shy Vintage Sports, where there is a story in every stitch. Shop their Center City or Wayne locations or go to shibesports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. 215-592-9494. We'll work in John from Maniunk uh, before the break. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, guys. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. I just had to stand in line outside for an hour waiting to get this Italian specialty bread. What? Are you crazy? I don't care how good it is. What the hell are you doing outside for an hour? Uh, I was out there, and at least someone gave me a shot of VO to warm me up. There you go. That was going to be my next question. Was there any liquid fortification going on? No, this place is really good. Everyone gets their bread. But uh, I'd like to talk first about it. Hold on, hold on. Now I've got to know the name of the place. It's called Marciano's. They make tomato pies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially I do bread. that place. Yes. Yeah, it's like uh, my brother's wife always loves the cheesesteak. They're like kind of stromboli. They're really good. So. Nice. They're, they're, they're really good. An hour in eight-degree weather. Not sure I would do that either. But anyway, <laughs> what's on your mind yeah. today? Uh, on uh, Kimbrel, um, you, uh, uh, it's good to see. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Jody? It sounds like he lost a couple inches on his fastball the last couple of years, but I guess they're sitting him the same as Knable last year, and he wasn't that great. So, right, um, I'm I'm good with the signing. I'm not doing handstands because he wasn't good last year. He had a chance to be the closer on the best uh, team in baseball with the Dodgers during the regular season, and really didn't hold down that job. But he's had top line success. To me, the key is all between his ears. I, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when uh, they were negotiating the deal and Dombrowski was laying out, maybe with Thompson and on the meetings, don't know that, uh, what his role is going to be. I think when he's pitched poorly, it's because he hasn't been mentally prepared for a season and hasn't been handled correctly. So if you have faith in your manager and your pitching coach to keep his mind focused and right, I still think he can get guys out. John, was that a cat or was that you? That's my cat, yeah. <laughs> He's always hungry. <laughs> nice. What's his name? Uh, Miles. He's a rescue cat. And was, he Miles. drives me crazy. I was thinking about throwing him out for a while. But Miles I'll, is I'll getting out for two touchdowns today. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, All right, what I do you guess. got on the birds? On the birds, I hope we uh, at the end of the day we get a uh, recall a little Jeff Garcia. And at the end, uh, the mustache says, Merry Christmas, Philadelphia. Well, you know what? You stay tuned because, uh, spoiler alert, we do our This Week in Philadelphia Sports History and I don't think it's going to surprise anybody that we're going to go back to that. Great game. All right, 215-592-9494. Jody Mack, Glenn Mack. Now we're here till 1. Uh, then I, I, I got like a Jody Mack day today, Jody. I see when you post your schedule sometimes. Many, many an hour for you, Mac man. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've done marathon shows on many networks. I got 10 to 1 with you, 1 to 2, countdown to kickoff with Ross Tucker, Dave Spadaro. Then we got the pregame show starting at 2 with those guys, as well as Merrill Reese, Elliot Shore Parks, and the return of the great Hugh Douglas. So I'm looking forward to that. As I said, Ray Dinger at noon. 
Jody Mack, I don't know about you. You know what's funny? There, there were back in the day when you and I were working together, like what was it, nine, the end of December 93 through what, about 2000? Correct. years we worked together. I got yeah. out just before Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were afraid the station was going to blow up, were you? Uh, so I went to another station. It could yeah, have blown up. And what blew up? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, but there were times when, like, the Eagles would be out of it and nothing would be going on and, like, don't talk baseball, and we would, like, have to come up with stuff. And I know we did the theme over the years of what's your favorite Christmas song. Uh, So I am just saying that that by Darlene Love, Baby Please Come Home, is my favorite Christmas song. I love Christmas music. I'm a Jewish guy, but I love Christmas music, and I love Christmas decorations, and that is my favorite I don't know if you have a favorite Christmas song. You can either tell me or you can I, have Kyle play it coming out of one of the breaks. Well, we can still play it uh, coming out of the breaks after I tell you what it is. A couple of things. Number one, it's funny because one of my favorite holiday songs is the Hanukkah song by Adam <laughs> Sandler. Uh, so while you appreciate Christmas, I do appreciate Mr. Sandler. Um, but my favorite Christmas song is, and I couldn't believe this. I looked it up when I saw it the other night. I know we're going to do what you're watching a little bit later. I watched the Mariah Carey Christmas special the other oh, yeah. night because uh, her Christmas rendition is my favorite Christmas song of all time. And I hadn't even realized it was 1994 that it was released. It seems to me it was like released eight years mm. ago. No, Feeling no, no, no. there, no. big fella. Are you kidding me? 28 years that song has been out? Yeah. All I passes. want for Christmas is you. Are you kidding me? I couldn't believe when I saw the release date on that. And it has been my favorite one since 1994. It so is only for the last 28 years. Yeah, that's in my top five. No question about it. Love that one. Uh, and let's play it later. We'll do that. All right, so indulge me for a moment. Uh, normally, yeah, Mike Sealski is with me on Saturday mornings. You're with me on non-Eagle Sundays. Mike's flying to Dallas today. I appreciate you for coming in. And Mike and I, as you know, have a stupid football bet, a tradition carried mm-hmm. down uh, from my years with Ray Dinger. Ray's going to join us at noon today, by the way. And this year's bet was basically the return game. Uh, Mike gets a point for every failed return, basically. Muffs and fumbles on punts, kickoff returns that don't clear the 20. I get a point for punt returns over 20 yards and kickoff returns that go past the 40. Jody, I was getting killed 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, Britton Covey was dropping everything, and they were returning to the 12. And, and then the tide turned, and I've been crawling back in. Suddenly, Britton Covey finds those lanes and stops the dropsies. And they put, finally, they put Boston Scott on kickoff returns, and let us play the opening kickoff of the second half last week. Scott looks up and he takes it at the goal line. Out to the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, midfield, 45, and down to the 42-yard line goes Boston Scott. What a great return. First of all, love Maryland, Mike. Just love him. <laughs> they waited till week 12 to Green Bay to go to Boston Scott. Since yeah. then, 12 kickoff returns, over 28 yards per return. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm asking you except why they waited so long. But he's he's been great, and they've turned special teams around. Shame on them for waiting as long as they did because there was just enough evidence that Britton Covey – while shorthanded, you're right, he's gotten rid of the drops, which was a key element at uh, the beginning of the year. 
and they're always just flying down on them. The, 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 the return teams have been bad both on kickoffs and punts, but worst on punts, and Covey was paying the price for it there. But he never showed the ability to make someone miss and then be able to kick it into an extra gear and be able to get you those extra tough hidden yards. Boston Scott was a better choice just by elimination. Uh, let's try it and see how it works. And they waited a solid 12 weeks to do so, as you just noted. Uh, shame on them, but we all know the Eagles are 13-1, so you're not going to sweat the details of special teams when you don't lose games, and the most important games are yet to come in January. So even if it took them a long time and made Glenn Macnow sweat on his stupid football bet. Yeah, I got dinner they, they, at they, stake for him and me and all the producers. They, they are at least giving you a run for your money down the stretch here, which is a good thing for you. It is a good thing for me and for them. Uh, oh, Jody, one of my favorite people. When you go to the games, the most enthusiastic person in that stadium is the Eagles ambassador and head cheerleader. He comes to all the pregame shows, our pal Ben in Montgomeryville. Ben, what's how up, you feeling today? Up, how are you? Doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the game tonight. Listen, I think we're going we're gonna to win the division. We're winning the number one seed, and we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Ben, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I think I think I think if Jalen Hurts went down, Garner Minshew's going to take us. Or if Jalen Hurts comes back, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, he's going to come back. Maybe not until the playoffs, but he will be back. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen you in a while. You're going to be there next week for New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's January first. I'm excited, and I did get your. I did send you your Christmas card for you. Oh, you're so sweet. Good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm ready. Ben, I appreciate you joining. You know, Jody, Ben has been on the Ellen Show, so the mm-hmm. fact that he joins us, he's kind of oh, slumming this year. Yeah, I carried the trophy for the Eagles. You did. He carried. Yes, he did. He he went on the Ellen Show, and um, uh, what's his name? The long snapper, uh, John Dornbus. Dornbus. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Brought out the trophy and handed it to Ben. It was no. It's cool actually moment. at the ring ceremony. That was at the in oh. June. Oh, yeah. there you go. Hey, Ben. <laughs> I will yeah. see you next week. Root them on. Give us an Eagles cheer before you go. Here we go. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Let's go, Birds. Beat Dallas. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. So we do the pregame show, Jody. You know, the, the in front of the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I need somebody to get the crowd going, and Ben is there every week to do it. He's just a great guy. You know, I did it for a couple of years before you did it. It was on oh, a yeah. different radio station. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, But it was the Eagles pregame show on the Eagles pregame network. And we had a couple of days that were pretty damn nasty. I did one once with Al Morganti on WIP back in the 90s before it went to FM, before it came back to WIP. I think they were playing the Saints, and it was just a ridiculously cold late December game, and unfortunately it meant absolutely nothing. The Eagles were going nowhere that year, but I had a couple of uh, pretty cold ones as well. The schedule makers did the Eagle fans a big favor by putting the game in Philadelphia first this year and this game. I'm sorry. Even though the division is on the line, a lot at stake, I don't know that I could go out and sit in this weather for three and a half hours today. Um, man, well, I have no choice. So <laughs> You don't. So, I am glad that the game is next week and not this week. I don't really know what the seven-day forecast says for next week. Hold on. Oh, you got to check that eight-day forecast because it's not till Sunday. You gotta, yeah, let me see they, if they got next they, Sunday. They might next Sunday. Out, Ooh, Jody, are you ready? A bomby what? Next Sunday, high of 62.
No. Oh, yeah. No. 50% chance of rain, but uh, I'll take rain in 62. 60 degrees. Over. It's it's single digits right now, and we're getting later in the year, and you're telling me it's going up 50-some-odd degrees one week to the next. Well, you sound like you begrudge me for this. No, I begrudge Mother Nature. What the hell is she doing to us? This is just wrong. It'll be nice by well, Tuesday, high of 36. By Thursday, 54. Friday, 51. Next week at 62 degrees. Are, are you going? Are you going to wear a short sleeve shirt, man? No, I'm not going to wear a short. Okay, no, especially if it's going to rain. But I, I will just tell you one thing real quick. I want to sneak in another phone call. So we, I am delighted that Hugh Douglas is coming back to the station. I love Hugh. I loved working with Hugh. I think Hugh is really funny. He's smart. And uh, he's going to be doing middays with Joe Giglio. Great. Um, and uh, I believe Hugh's going to be coming back to the pregame show. Hugh played in this weather. Hugh grew up in Ohio. Hugh's not exactly a guy who was born on Key West. Right. Of all of the years I've been doing pregame, and this is my 16th year, and all of the people I've worked with, many, many partners, nobody ever whined more about cold weather than Hugh. Really? Oh, for, yeah. And I'm talking like 29 degrees on January 3rd, right? And he's like, do we have to be out here the whole time? It's like, yeah, they, you, the, the show goes till the yeah, game we'll, starts. We'll get, we'll get you some hot chocolate if that's what you need, big guy. Oh, and people would bring him hot chocolate, and Hugh, like, would, people would bring him blankets, and Hugh, oh, yeah, Hugh, Hugh I, I'm looking forward to having Hugh back. No one is more delighted than it's that it'll be 62 next Sunday than Hugh. No, no, uh, no uh, heaters needed in the tent, huh? No, not next week. Uh, Bob and Del Rand wants to talk about the Cowboys quarterback. Hey, Bob. Um, I've called a number of times. I still think Dak Prescott, I'm kind of on board with one of your other hosts. I won't mention his name. You know who he is. I, I don't, I Prescott, but go on. I think Prescott is uh, uh, just obscenely overrated. I think he's an average quarterback. He's up in the leaders in interceptions. He's choked in multiple playoff games, plus the Jacksonville game. I think he's average. Yet he gets, and I know the reason, the rating. You know the reason. He, it's, it's just, why don't guys like Joe Burrow get things? Burrow is such a superior quarterback. Well, I think Joe I Burrow is getting his due now. I disagree with you. I think Joe Burrow okay, is, but, is getting it. But Joe Burrow hasn't been along, around as long as Prescott. I will half agree with you. I okay. do think the job of Dallas Cowboy immediately yeah. gives you a certain glitz and glamour and to some yes. degree, uh, the ability to be overrated. I think Prescott is good. I don't think he, yeah. he's better than average, but I don't think... He's a choker, in my uh, opinion. Jody, please enter in, Jody. I, I No, you and I see it exactly the same, Mac, man. He's good. He's, he choked in that Green Bay game. He choked in that game with Jack. How many? Quick question for you. Game. Quick question for you. How many playoff games has Jalen Hurts won? He hasn't won. He's yet, okay, he's played one. How did that one go last year? He got beat. We're going to see uh, what he got, happens. He got 30. pummeled last year. And so in, if you're just going to hold that press guy to his worst game. games as the way one that you're game. going to judge him, well, then, okay, fine, he stinks. But so did Jalen Hurts. Oh, I'm except for the fact stinks. he's the okay, MVP he's of the league. Come on. I'm saying he's average, Jody. You didn't say he stinks. I said he's average. Um, All right. But we got you. We got you. He's good. He's not great. I mean, I you know, I, I I'm I'm not. I don't have the list at my fingertips, but I imagine if I made a list of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, he might crack the bottom of that list. Right. If the bottom, I would say he's probably somewhere between ten and fifteen. Yeah. But yep. 
again, uh, how do we go about judging it? Is it all-time record? Is it just what you've done this year? Is it solely your playoff achievements? No, if that's it's not. the case, you've no. got to look at Jalen Hurts and go, he hasn't done anything in his career right. solely and in that one category. Yeah, and which is why I don't want to use it. Jalen Hurts is a is a very young quarterback who is ascending and I think is going to get a lot better. I think Prescott's probably about as good as it's ever going to be. I would be surprised if all of a sudden Prescott goes to another level. So it's Here, hard for me to look at the two of them in the same light. I'm sounding like Dak Prescott's agent, and believe me, it's the last thing I want to do <laughs> on the day of an Eagle-Cowboy game. But shame on Jerry Jones. How do you trade Amari Cooper, who yeah. is a top 25 wide receiver, not top 10 like A.J. Brown, but a top 25 wide receiver, and replace him with no one? They got no other. They were banking on Michael Gallup coming back from a major injury, and he really hasn't been any major contributor. They've got one guy. They've got C.D. Lamb. Uh, I they, The Eagles have... Three receivers that are the equivalent of C.D. Lamb. A.J. Brown better. Da- uh, Dallas Goddard different, but just as big a mm-hmm. weapon. And Devontae Smith. I'm telling you, Devontae Smith's as good as C.D. Lamb. If Dak Prescott had the Eagles wide receivers this year, he'd be a top-ten quarterback in the league. And the line doesn't hurt either. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> we'll get into more. You know what? Next segment, I want a little Jody Mack on baseball. Uh, I love your baseball uh, acumen and opinion, so I'm going to get some of that, too. And we'll take your calls at 215-592-9494. Best call of the day, $50 gift card at Scheib Vintage Sports. Hey, I can tell you from my long association with the folks at Meridian Bank, they are among the best and brightest when it comes to the banking part. But they're also... Well, there are a bunch that likes to have a good time, and maybe that's why Meridian has been ranked as the number one Delaware Valley place to work. Yep. For you, that kind of company culture translates into both business success and a thoroughly enjoyable experience. If your business banking is painful, hey, a cure is available, and you can find it at meridianbanker.com. Well, Jody, that is a great one, and that's your favorite Christmas song, and that's uh, it's an all-timer. It's a Hall of Famer, no question. And just a suggestion, if you're so motivated, uh, do so, but if not, don't. I said I watched the – I'd never seen her do a special before, and I couldn't believe that this song has been out as long as it has. But they had – it was probably at either Radio City Music Hall or Madison Square Garden, but they shot a Mariah Christmas uh, special, and it really was well done. She does a ton of great songs. She does a duet with her daughter. And they, of course, finish with that song. That's the big encore at the end. And it's really pretty cool. If you're, if you're tired of watching Ralphie and the gun uh, during Christmas <laughs> and you've got to have something on in the background when you're uh, taking uh, opening presents, eh, go on demand and punch that up today. I, I really was. I, I, I'm not a music guy. I don't watch any of those singing shows. Yeah. I, I got sucked in uh, for the first couple of years of uh, the one with Simon Cowell. And since then, I've watched none of those shows. I'm not a big uh, uh, put-on-a-production-type guy, unlike you and our buddy Anthony Sanfilippo. Um, but I got to admit that it was really good, and I really enjoyed it the other night. And it might not be bad uh, background noise today before the Eagles game starts. Nice. 
right, I want a little Jody Mack on baseball because I've always uh, loved and respected your baseball opinions. Uh, as we said earlier, the Phillies and Kimbrel, uh, Craig Kimbrell agreed to a one-year, $10 million contract pending a physical. He's 34. I mean, once upon a time, he was he was all that. He had the fastball. He had that great curveball. Not so much. Last year, the, he was a closer for the Dodgers, and then they took him out of the role. He wasn't even on the roster for their series against the Padres in the postseason. I, I was looking at his, his stats. In, in 2001, excuse me, um, he was with the Cubs before 21. they traded him the White Sox. 21, what did I say? 2001. No, two th- he'd be no. he'd be an old guy if he yeah, was no. in twenty twenty one. He he had an O forty nine ERA for the Cubs, and he struck out sixty four out of one hundred thirty seven batters. And then he got traded to the White Sox, and then he was nothing. Last year, three seventy five ERA. So, I mean, I know what you said yet uh, earlier today, which is you get him in here and you you try to straighten it out. Do you expect that Craig Kimbrell gets first crack at closer? I honestly don't know because I love the job that our manager did, but he really did keep it open. He never committed to anything over the course of the year. So if I were to guess and project and predict going forward, I think he'd want to do it the same way, which is our closer is the guy that I choose to be our closer on any given day. And I hope that in the conversations they had, as I said in the first hour or earlier this hour, um, Dabrowski and and, uh, their manager told him, listen, here's going to be your job when you come here. We're going to have you in high leverage situations. We're not going to ask you to pitch in the fourth inning of an 8-6 game. It's going to be important roles. But we're going to decide on a day-in, day-out basis, are you cool with that? Because that's the biggest question I have. I know he's not the pitcher he once was, but I think he's still well above average and as a key piece at the back of the pen, and it may be his closer or it may not. I'm good with the signing, but i got to make sure that he can wrap his head around it. Because I'll tell you, you you, uh, noted the 2021 season where he was maybe the most unhittable pitcher, only 30-some-odd innings, but uh, of all pitchers in baseball, and he goes to the White Sox and he was lame, because they actually, as good as he was, they liked Hendricks, their closer, better and left him in that role. They brought Kimbrell in, and he was a setup guy. And I'm telling you, part of the problem was he just couldn't wrap his head around it. No. Mac, you know that uh, I worked on Sirius XM's MLB Network for a good couple of years, hosting mm-hmm. shows. And I got to work with the likes of Brad Lidge and Mike Stanton and Jeff Nelson, really good major league relievers. And we'd have this conversation all the time about how important a role is, that you need to know what your role is, that if you deviate from the role, it throws you off your game, which, and I love all those guys. I enjoyed greatly working with all of them, specifically Lidge. I think that's BS. I think here's your role. Whatever the manager tell you is on a given day, your job is to get out. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't uh, give it too much thought. Just go in and narrow focus on the batter when you got to get in there. I've never understood this. Oh, you're asking him to operate outside his role. Yeah, we are. Suck it up. Get the job done. But I've seen it enough over the years that there are guys that are just incapable of doing that, that they get so narrow focus on their mindset that if you deviate at all, it throws them off their game. I don't know that about Kimbrell. I hope he can deal with the role that I think 
Rob Thompson's going to give him, if he can, he can be a major piece in the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, it would be nice to see. I mean, that is the one area to me that they still need work. I would have liked to have seen him sign one more outfielder given and a guy who can play defense. You know, I, I kind of pulled for Bellinger for a while um, as a, on a one-year deal. But other than that, I think they're pretty set. But the bullpen is a little thin. Um, so next year, your closer, it could be him, it could be Sir Anthony, it could be Alvarado, could be moving guys around, maybe even Zach Eflin. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones, and let's talk to Daryl in Glenmore. Hey, Daryl. How you doing, guys? Hey, happy holidays. Thank you, happy you too. Happy holidays. Hey, I, my, uh, I guess what I want to say about the Eagles, I'm back to the Eagles, I'll, one, one quick thing on baseball you're talking is, what are they going to do about first base with Reese? They're going to well, play him at you, first base. You've heard, you've heard my take on it. You know I want to see the uh, Phillies get, right, Mac Man? Uh, who? He, be, he became available, too. And I wanted to try and acquire him in a different way, and that unfortunately went by the boards. Eric Hosmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did mention that. And the Red Sox actually ended up putting him on waivers, which he denied uh, the going to the minor leagues and or he's got a no-trade clause, so they couldn't trade him if he didn't want to be traded. So as soon as they put him on waivers, it was a done deal. He's going to become a free agent. The Padres are paying 12 of his uh, $13 million salary this year, so he's going to get paid no matter what for the next two years. And I thought the Phillies could trade for him, knowing they only had to pay a million bucks. That they, yep. they were responsible for 10% of his salary, less than 10% of his salary, didn't happen. The Red Sox ended up releasing him anyway. He's still an above-average fielder. He'd be a guy who you could play at first base and D.H. Hosmer while Harper's out. When he comes back, no, he's going to be a part-time player, off-the-bench type guy. His wife is a former Philadelphia TV personality. I just thought it was a really nice fit. Now, he's been out there on the open market for a couple of days. I've heard no rumors about the Phillies contacting him, but I think he'd be a nice fit here as a part-time first baseman. Okay, uh, I got no problem with that. But, and but let me just say, I, I, I understand the fans' frustration with Hoskins. I think they like Hoskins, and I think they're committed to Hoskins. And don't forget those home runs that won you games in the playoffs. Anyway, what else you got? Uh, I was going to talk about the Eagles uh, yep. winning this winning this game. I believe their uh, defense is going to pull them through. I they, like it. They, they're going to do. You know, I've heard you guys talk about two interceptions and a fumble, but uh, look how many games the defense has won for them this year. I they, they uh, the really defense hard. is spectacular, and and yeah. I agree. And that's that. And thanks for the call, man. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the game, um, Jody. The Eagles' offense has been terrific this year. Uh, Hertz's development has been beyond what anybody hoped for. Adding A.J. Brown has been amazing. The line is as good as it is. Sanders is having the best season of his career. I could go on. But the way the defense came together this year, and it's a lot of guys that Howie brought in under short-term deals, worries me for the future, but if you live in the present, Bradbury, Kaiser White, Redick, a long-term deal, but a great deal. And the defense went from not so good to one of the best in the league, and that's that's been a thing of beauty, and maybe the defense does beat you today, or does beat, not beat you, win them for you today. I know we're near the top of the, the hour. Do yeah. I need to go off on my sack rant about the Eagles defense and the way the Eagle fans, Eagle Nation, handles Jonathan Gannon? Uh, you know what? Let me take the hour. break, and you can do it right at the top of the hour. We'll, we'll hold people with the with the promise of that. You got it. All right. 
Along with Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now, 215-592-9494 on 94 WIP. A little bit of kinks, Jody, to start the hour. That being my favorite Christmas song of our producer, Kyle Quinn. I always love the kinks. Big fan. Jody. Same here. Um, And this is a a classic, and uh, we've been listening to it now for two months. Uh, That's when they start playing Christmas tunes. Uh, Sometime after Halloween, I think, is when the (laughs) Christmas music uh, starts to the airwaves. It's early. Earlier all the time. Every single year it sneaks up another week. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. Hey, it is time for this week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there is a story in every stitch. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I'll get back to that in a minute. I did. I, we teased that you were going to yes. do your little rant there. Let's 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 clear the tables for a moment. Everybody step back and hand it off to Jody for this. Here's what annoys me about the relationship between Eagle Nation and one of the Eagle coaches. Because I, too, have second-guessed Jonathan Gannon since the day came as highly touted defensive coordinator. This guy was wanted by many an organization, and the Eagles were able to swam to come here to be part of Sirianni's staff, and he got the interviews last year for head coaching positions after his first year as a coordinator and all the pomp and circumstance. And from day one, Eagle fans have not loved him because he's not an uber-aggressive defensive coordinator. And that's the percentage of the Eagle fans that haven't moved into the 2020s just yet. They're back in the 2010s or the 2000s or the 90s of Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson and Bud Carson that the best way to play defense is go all out, the the blitz, and and just take chances and be uh, not only aggressive but overly aggressive. If you don't have to, you don't have to. And that's the one thing that I don't think is sinking in with Eagle Nation. Jonathan Gannon's got the number one sack team in the NFL. And for me on defense, there might not be a bigger stat than the sack. Because there's no downside to the sack. Right. Oh, no, it, just, it destroys a drive. Absolutely. It's the, my, it's the best thing you can do. My other well, an interception, I, but other than that, yeah. Exactly. But how do you get interceptions? Um, sometimes pressures lead to them. And that's what my other partner, John McMahon, always talked about. Oh, pressures are important, too. Pressures, McMahon. You remember when Chris Long got that pressure on Case Keenum in the championship game here against Minnesota? His arm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, understood. And they can be huge. But sometimes pressures are avoided by the quarterback who makes an off-schedule play and throws a 65-yard touchdown. So it cuts, cuts both ways on pressure. There's no downside to sacks. Sacks are only a good thing. And they lead the National Football League in sacks despite the fact that their blitz numbers are in the bottom third of the league. That's the best of both worlds. How do you not understand that? How do you not acknowledge that? How do you not give that Eagle defensive line credit for being able to get there as often as they do without having to add another guy? It does. It just doesn't compute to me that people are still complaining, yeah, but we don't blitz enough. Stop with the blitz. If you don't have to blitz, you don't blitz. You and I uh, uh, worked together earlier this week on your uh, Eagles 365 show. You had me on as a guest, and you yep. asked me what I think Eagles uh, – what is the relationship now, I think it was your question. The relationship now between Eagles fans and Jonathan Gannon, I would say, is an uneasy truce. Right? <laughs> I love that phrase. They love the sacks. Eh, okay, I'm good with Gannon today, but that could change very quickly. So your point is well taken. All right, now 
It is time for This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop their center city or Wayne locations, or visit shybsports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. Jody, this is a big one. I take you back. Christmas Day, 2006, 16 years ago tomorrow. The Eagles had been 5-5 five and five that season. Donovan McNabb gets injured, tears his ACL. Things are looking bleak. But backup quarterback Jeff Garcia saves the season, splits his first two games, and then he leads the Eagles to a victory at Washington, leads the Eagles to a victory against the New- at New York against the Giants, scores 36 points. Third straight division road game. No shot. In Dallas, first place in the NFC on the line. If Dallas wins, they clinch the division. If the Eagles win, they take the lead in the division. By the way, Eagles were seven-point underdogs with the backup. Sound familiar? Early in the game, this happens. And this is the 13th play of this drive as Garcia throws and is caught for a touchdown by Matt Schobel. The number two tight end, L.J. Smith, came out. Schobel came in. It's a 25-yard touchdown and a 90-yard drive. For the Philadelphia Eagles. And isn't Jeff Garcia something? We, you know, we talked about him and how efficient he is, but he's also a fiery guy. Ah, uh, you remember it well, right, Jody? Didn't know we were going to get Madden. I had forgotten that Madden yeah. had called that game. Michaels and Madden, how great yeah, is that? great. Matt Schobel. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to get I him, have, did you? Had to admit that I had forgotten made a big <laughs> play in that game. Uh, yes, that was... It, it's funny, and I know you want to play another couple highlights, but yeah. um, it's one of those days where you remember where you were. Uh huh. I was over at my mother-in-law's house because it's Christmas, and uh, my brother-in-law was in town from Louisiana, and they played a game, and uh, the highlight we're going to get to, I turned to my brother and said, oh, do you know what his Q rating just did here in Philadelphia? It shot through the roof. Jeff Garcia became a favored son that day and rose to that status maybe as quickly as any Philadelphia athlete I can uh, recall over the last 30 years. Yeah, well, we are going to we are going to get to some of that. So, uh Dallas scores. Dallas is touching. Their only touchdown of the game is a pass to Terrell Owens. That was the year that he was there. Yeah. Oh, we hated him that year. I love that. <laughs> we we hated him that year. And then late in the game uh, a couple David Akers field goal. Actually, three of them give the Eagles a lead, and they salt it with this one. Buckwalter is the running back, and he will take it in for the touchdown. Carell Buckwalter. That's an 80-yard drive after the Dawkins interception in the end zone. And that's just a big offensive line control in the line of scrimmage. You know, we talked about this early in the first quarter and the second quarter, and you can just see as the quarters went on, this offensive line just dominated more and more until this fourth quarter has just been complete domination. Jody, I love every single word in that description. (laughs) From the Dawkins interception to the dominating offensive line to Jeff Garcia leading him on an 80-yard touchdown. And, oh, by the way, Buckholter, who took it in, who was always one of my favorite Eagle backs because he could do a little bit of everything. He could beat you around the corner. He had enough speed that every once in a while he'd be able to get around the corner and make a big play. If he needed to, he could absolutely go between the tackles and drive with his legs and get first down. He was a really uh, underrated combo back that the Eagles had for several years.
Yeah, I think injuries. If he hadn't had all those injuries, I think he would have had a better career. Yep. And here comes the end of the game as seen by uh, those great broadcasters. I really like the way the Eagles are playing now, and, and not just today in this game, but the way they've played the last few weeks, and I don't know that they're going to go about losing to Atlanta. We'll play Washington next week on Saturday night on 4th and 3. And this will officially wrap it up as Brian Westbrook will pick up the first down, and that will run us all the way down to triple zeros. One thing here, we looked at it a little closer in terms of Dallas meeting Philadelphia. That cannot exist because three has to play six, four plays five. Just trust me here. Well, that can't happen. But Seattle could wind up playing Philadelphia or Dallas. Big, big win for the Eagles. All right, let's uh, let's let's uh, end that one. They're 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 uh, taking a little time with that, uh, but. I want to wrap it up with this, and I couldn't find the exact great moment where Jeff Garcia gets interviewed after the game and says, Merry Christmas, Philadelphia. Really? But but I got close. I got close. Uh, The late, great Gary Papa. You remember Gary on Channel 6. Just a great guy. Went to my high school, by the way. Really? Yeah, two years ahead of me in high school in Amherst, New York. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, we both ended up here. He knew my older sister a little bit. Um, Anyway... Gary Papa was on it. Gary was kind of, for people who don't remember, had like what John Clark does today. Gary was always everywhere, and he was on the field after the game, and here's him talking to Jeff Garcia. Merry Christmas to everybody. What does it mean to get the NFC East? It simply means they'll host a playoff game. Can you believe this football team? Three in a row, three in a row on the road, first of all, in Washington, then at the Giants. Then right here at Dallas, of course, versus those Cowboys. And the guy playing Santa Claus today, Merry Christmas, he says, your quarterback, Jeff Garcia. Hey, Philadelphia got a nice little Christmas gift. We're going to get another one next week. There you go. Hey, Philadelphia, Merry Christmas. Oh, you found it. Where did you find it. it, Kyle? It was in our system. Oh, great. Well, there you go. <laughs> Play that one more time. I wasn't ready for that. Hey, Philadelphia, Merry Christmas. So it becomes a legendary game. Uh, Jeff Garcia that day, Jody, 15 for 23, 238 yards, two touchdowns, 43 rushing yards. Big day by Brian Westbrook, 122 yards. Eagles win 23 to 7. Beat Tony Romo and the Cowboys and end up going to the playoff, rebounding from a 5 and 6 start to win the division with Jeff Garcia. And it was great. And, you know, obviously, Jody, the, the connection is you hope you get something like that today couple of things. Number one, uh, and it doesn't do it justice here on the radio, but for those who weren't uh, following Eagles at that time, millennials out there, Garcia looked right into the camera and said what he said with a smile on his face. Hey, Philadelphia, Merry Christmas. And it it was played everywhere for the next however many months, just over and over and over again. And not only in Philadelphia, on the NFL Network and everywhere else. It it had a life of its own, That's that clip at the end of that game. And it's apropos and kind of fitting that you found the Gary Papa clip because, hey, didn't everybody watch Action News and watch Gary Papa and Jim Gardner go back and forth? You could tell that they had a special relationship. They would kind of uh, pimp each other coming in and out of the sports reports and the like. And, of course, uh, Jim wrapped up his phenomenal career this great uh, this week. So that's great yeah. that you brought Gary Papa back, too. 
Yeah, we, um, Ray and I had uh, Jim Gardner for a Tell Us Your Story last year, and we, we asked him about Gary Potter. He got, a, he got emotional. I mean, they had a they had a very special relationship. They were really close, and that yep. was, uh, yeah, I knew Gary. Gary was Gary was a terrific guy. Anyway, there you go. That's what you got 16 years ago tomorrow. Maybe that's what we get later today. That's what we're all hoping. Let's talk to our pal Mitch in Center City. What are you thinking today, Mitch? Hey, I, I tell you, I had a stop. That's the longest six blocks I walked to work today. I had I was freezing at the time I got in here. Oh, Jody, always nice to talk to you. You got it, Mitch. Glenn, what did I tell you? Uh, close score late. You thought the Bears were going to blow them out. No, yeah. I thought the Eagles were going to blow out the Bears, and it was and a very, Eagles were much closer game. Yeah. Again, love the Eagles tonight, 21-17. to 17. Feel so confident. You know, as long as, you know, you just keep it simple. Run the ball, little short passes. Let your offensive line win this game. Let yep. your tight end win this game. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're going to watch your godfather tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow's Guys. my wife's Actually, so here's the deal. Tomorrow's my yeah. wife's birthday. Uh, oh. And so, oh, I said happy birthday. Uh, thank you. And I think the plan for my wife is that we are going to watch It's a Wonderful Life, which is her favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Followed by Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is my favorite you uh, love Thanksgiving yeah. movie, which I have not had a chance to see this year. Yeah. Followed by, I don't know, but she says she's not getting out of pajamas all day, and that sounds like a <laughs> perfectly perfectly fine day to me, Jody. Good for her. Yeah. God bless Judy for that. And yeah. that I'm can- sleeping in tomorrow, thank God, because I've been you know, back to work in seven days a week. I don't... All right, let me ask you a quick question before I let you go, Mitch. Uh, this this kind of weather, what are people coming to the hardware store for? Oh uh, yeah, yesterday was busy. There was you know the little flurries and uh, you know of course ice melt was good. The weather yeah, stripping. Sure. Uh, we sold a lot of gifty items yesterday. You know, just flowers and the plants and but there's yeah. people buzzing around the city yesterday because they didn't want to get in their car, which was a. Uh, Good. Today it's a little quiet out there so far, but people come out. But we're going to close a little early anyway, because we're seven fishes tonight, or sleeping with the fishes. I don't know either one. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, have a great one. It's always great to hear from you. There you go. Do you, Jody, you don't do the seven fishes, do you? No, no, ever. Not, not quite Italian enough. Sorry. I, no. I got invited to that one one year at a friend's house. It was phenomenal. And they did a bouillabaisse. Bay. It was great. I need. Oh, I need oh by the way, that. yours yeah. truly likes my tuna fish with a lot of mayonnaise in it. So, um, <laughs> oh, you, oh yours, you read that or you heard that? Did you? you yours is your your buddy, your partner, your pal is not a big fish fan. I eat very limited amounts of fish and different types of fish and the like. Just oh, not man. my I could, I not could my live, cup of tea. I could totally live on a on an entire seafood diet. Even though tomorrow we're going to have Bobby Shea's crab cakes, as a matter oh. of fact, my, my wife went out and stood Your in line wife is for good. an hour and some odd minutes to get Bobby Shea's crab cakes. So that's one of the few, the proud fish dinners that I do like, but they'll be just that, not any additional six other courses of it. Please ask Carol next time she goes to Bobby Shea's to implore them to open a place on this side of the bridge. Because they are really good. They are. Phenomenal quality. Uh, And, uh, yes, that's what we'll be enjoying tomorrow. But let me ask you a quick question. I know you got to get the break. Um, No rush. The the Christmas movie that your wife wants to watch, Judy wants to watch. It's a wonderful wonderful life. life. I watch a lot of NFL Network. You know I get up to do the Birds 365, so I got an hour to kill. When I'm prepping, I got it on in the background. 
And Kyle Brandt, who I think is phenomenal. Love him. And Angry Runs might be the best football segment of any segment, any time, any day during the week. It's Very just good. phenomenal, and I tweet back and forth with him. Um, he said, it's a wonderful life. Stinks. What? And he said he had never seen it as a kid. And last year was the first year he ever watched it. And he said, if ever there's a movie that doesn't hold up its end because of time, it's a wonderful life. And I'm wow. going, wow, I get it. It's it's one of those that you're right. There are some movies like The Godfather is timeless. We'll be watching The Godfather in 20, uh, 2095, uh, 2295 as well. But uh, how do you say that movie stinks? Well, I, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what he's saying. So it's it's black and white, and I know there there are people who will not watch a black and white movie. I, I've Elliot Shore Parks, who's on this really station, will not watch a black and white movie. He just won't do it. So stop. Uh, it's black and white. It's sappy, no question about it. It's sentimental, and so if you're looking at it through the prism of you know people aren't really like that, yeah, but that's why it's a Christmas movie. I mean, that's kind of. If you know what you're in yeah, for. Yeah, but people people aren't like Game of Thrones either. <laughs> you you can you can go back and go, oh, any movie that was made more than 45 years ago, I can't relate. Well, Why would so I he watch may not, right, like So that? he may not like old movies like it. You have to be up for It's a Wonderful Life is sentimental and sappy, and Jimmy Stewart plays it way over the top, right? Um, I'm just doing Bill Campbell there, wasn't I? Uh, a but, Combo but, of Jimmy Stewart and Bill yes, Campbell. Yes, but. If you're in the mood for it, it's great, and and I like. Listen, I like it. I will. I will watch it every year. My wife loves it. Tomorrow being her birthday, we're watching it, and I will happily do that and bring her a cup of hot chocolate because it's that you know that's that kind of day. And it's probably aired on two or three different outlets since November fifteenth when they start playing Christmas stuff on TV too. Not as early as radio, but earlier than I think should be allowed. Um, and whenever I see it, I have to stop for at least 10 minutes yeah. just to get a little taste of it. Yes. And I don't sit there and like there's some a little long. You see it and you go, oh, shoot, now I can't move for two hours because you're going to stay riveted to the couch. That's not it's a wonderful life. But I don't go buy it. I don't go up. Oh, wonderful. life, boom. Next button. Next nah, channel. And no, the, you got to whole... stay for a little bit to get a little feel. And and the part that I'm sorry didn't resonate with him is the whole point of it is this. The guy feels like his life has been a waste and he's, you know, he's never amounted to anything. And he gets a chance through his guardian angel to see if you weren't here, all of these good things wouldn't have happened that you may not even think of. And so just from that perspective, it's a great story. Like if you never existed, how would the world be? Presumably not as good. And I love that. So there you go. And he's right. less hes less nasty than Scrooge. It's the same concept there, but Scrooge was an SOB up until right, the that's point the flip that he side saw the it. ghost. Right. He was a good guy that you were even more excited for when he found out what his life would be like, and that's why I can't see how you don't like that and enjoy By that. By the way, the, the best Conklin skit ever over the 30-plus years Joe Conklin's been at the station, he once did It's a Wonderful Life, Donovan McNabb. And it, and it was the greatest, it was the greatest skit ever. 
Shame with McNabb as Jimmy Stewart. I, I, I don't even know if Kyle, if it's in the system. I mean, it's pretty long, but if it's in the system, I'm yeah, I, I'm looking for it, but it might be uh, uh, might be a little beyond our years. Right, let's uh, we'll take a break. I mean, it was when McNabb was here, so it's a, right. it goes back a ways. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Brian and Aaron will get you coming up in the next break. Uh, and speaking of what we're watching, I'm going to give you a TV show I started. Jody, I think you'd love this show, so we'll give you that coming back up. Two one five. Five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on ninety four WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right.
right. Well, we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided's big year-end sale. Receive 40% off all windows and doors until December 31st. Call 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit goguida.com. Jody Mack, my favorite, favorite genre of TV show is the British cop show. So, And I know, I know you've liked a lot of them because we've discussed some before. Yeah, there's some I like. I, I, I go hit or miss on it. Um, listening to you sounds like your hit percentage is much higher than mine. Very some high. of them that I've watched are, have been very good, and other ones I, eh. I give, found give one you the link from Mod Squad. Eh. <laughs> I found one. I thought you say solid. Wasn't that what you said? Solid. Right? Solid. That's it. Yes, that's I true. found one that is I think is terrific. Uh, it's a Peacock original series. I'm finding more and more good stuff on Peacock these days, really? which, which is yeah, which is good because you can you can get it. You don't have to pay for it. Um, original original series now in season two. It's called The Capture. Uh, six episodes per season. So here's the setup. Uh, season one it opens with a British soldier. He gets cleared in court of a cold blooded murder in Afghanistan, and less than a day later. Um, CCTV, and that's the public video surveillance that's used all over Britain, right? You know the cameras they have all mm -hmm. over there, right? Big brother. Yeah, right. It catches him assaulting and kidnapping a woman, his lawyer actually, next to a bus stop in London. Or does it? Because the video evidence is clear, but he swears it never happened, and the show kind of takes off from there. It's a mystery. It's a cop show. It's a thriller at times. Um, did you watch The Bodyguard a couple of years ago, Netflix show? No. Uh, one of my favorites. It, okay. it, 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 it could remind you of that because you're never really sure if the government and the police are working for the greater good or whether they're setting this guy up for some agenda that you're trying to figure out as the viewer. Okay. And um, – so you're trying to, you know, who's telling the truth? Is it the cops, the government? Is this poor schmo who may or may not be a killer? It's got a good cast. I didn't recognize most of the British actors, but um, you know Ron Perlman, right? Sure. Hellboy, Beauty oh, and yeah. the Beast, Sons of Anarchy. So he's in it, plays a bad, he's, he's excellent playing a bad guy. <laughs> um, and you remember Famke Jansen from all oh, the... Oh, sure. Yeah, so she's in it. Oh, major Famke <clears throat> Jansen fan. Well, there you go. Uh, it's called The Capture. On Peacock, and it's called the capture because the capture is that uh, the camera captured him. Mm -hmm. It captured him on a camera, or not? As I said, it reminds me of the Bodyguard, maybe a little bit of Homeland. I don't know if you watched Homeland. Yeah. Um, there's an old movie from back in the day. Speaking of old movies, from the mid '70s, I think, called The Conversation with Gene Hackman, which is one of my all-time favorite like movies that nobody's ever seen. Um, with all the surveillance, anxiety, and now with all the social media hoaxes and the deep fakes, and that's it. It's good. It's tense. I give it about, so far, I'm four episodes in. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. The capture on Peacock, definitely worth watching. When you went uh, Gene Hackman, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. And for the life of me, I'm not remembering the name of the movie. He and uh, Kevin Costner together. And oh, um, yeah, Kevin Costner, No Way Out. No Way Out. Phenomenal oh, that's a good movie. movie. Phenomenal movie. Love don't that movie. know where it's going Sean Young. until the very young. Sean Young, phenomenal Naked. in that movie. Yes, <laughs> outstanding. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. And shame on me for not remembering the actual name. Yeah, that's a play. good movie. Uh, but that's where I thought you were going with Gene Hackman. And no, it's a little different. It's, not, it's, it's a little bit different, but that, okay. that, that's a good movie, right. too. Um, all right, so you watched the thing with Shaq? 
I did, and it's called a documentary. Um, the Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, ongoing uh, with the ESPN, and the, they also called that a documentary. I call it a quasi-documentary because Michael Jordan controlled what was or wasn't included in that documentary. He had uh, a lot of say over what uh, was done and how it was done and how everybody was portrayed. So it, it my sense of documentary is no holds barred, no rules. The person who creates it gets to paint whatever picture they want and use the details, and it's an objective third party. That was not this. Uh, Shaq was very much the driving force in this, and he sits down for extended interviews. It was very entertaining. It was uh, enlightening. There were things about Shaq that I never knew before, which I uh, enjoyed greatly, and it takes it all away from his uh, youth in Newark, New Jersey, and his uh, moving uh, all across the country and to Europe because his mom's second husband, not his biological father, but the guy he considered his father because he grew up was a military guy, so they moved all over the country. And it's very well done, and it's very entertaining, it's just not a documentary, and to call it a documentary, I okay. was a little perturbed. But worth watching. Absolutely worth watching. Shaq is, I think, a tremendously colorful character, and the success that he's had, he is probably, he and Barkley together, the two of them from that NBA show, are the main pitchmen in this in this country these days. There, you can't you can't watch thirty minutes of regular TV and not see a commercial that includes Shaq these days. Uh, so uh, that that is the tail end of it. What Shaq's career has been like since he stopped playing, it is well worth. I think it's only four episodes. Uh, uh, somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes apiece. So uh, I, I just came upon it the other day, and I started watching. I said, oh, damn, I missed the first. Uh, I think it was the fourth and final episode. So I had to go back and watch the first three, uh, but it was very well done. And I find it where? Um, on demand, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, oh, well, you, no, HBO. 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 Yeah. Okay, great. All right, so you like that, and I like the capture on Peacock. Definitely a couple things worth watching. All right. Let's go to the phones and talk to Brian in Norristown. Hey, Brian. Mac and Mac guys. How are you guys? Good, Good. buddy. Well, uh, happy holidays and happy New Year to you guys. You got it. Now, in regards to the Eagles this week, which I don't like their chances this week, and I'd like to ask you guys an Eagles history question, if I can. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't, I'm not sold on Minshew. And with the three remaining games, which is the Cowboys, the Saints, and then the Giants. They only have to win one more to win home field throughout, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, which I don't know how you guys think that they're going to play this week. I, I'm not sold on, on a game this week. But, Mike, Eagles history question. The Eagles have a, a Hall of Famer who's in the Hall of Fame. But his number's not retired, and I don't know why. Tommy McDonald? That would be correct, number 25. Yeah, it's and I, they should have retired a long time ago. Um, thanks. They didn't. I don't know why. They don't have a strict policy that they retire numbers of guys in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but his is one they should have done. Uh, Shady McCoy wore it for a lot of years and wore it well, so you could theoretically retire it for those two guys. Tommy has, of course, passed away. But it should be. Uh, not my biggest concern today. Hey, Ray's going to join us in a little bit. We can ask him. There you go. If anybody's got an answer, it's going to be Ray Dittinger. There you go. 215-592-9494.
With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now. Uh, hey, when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes. I can tell you that Meridian Bank customers, they don't feel that way. Now, sure, Meridian business bankers do the loan thing, and they offer guidance on making your business more successful. But Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social, and they're a super group of people to be around. You want to put some fun in your business banking, get started at meridianbanker.com. Hurts in the gun again. Tight formation. Hurts this time gives it off inside and running with it up to about the 20-yard line is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts very slow to get up. Well, that was the beginning of trouble, as we learned later, uh, and we'll give you the specifics in a minute. Dr. Mark Pollard, our friend from Cooper Bone & Joint, joins us today. Doc, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Hope you guys are well. Thank you. Um, so the report comes out kind of uh, really early this morning per Adam Schefter that Hertz injury is an SC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder, uh, which I guess is where the collarbone meets the breastbone, not what was originally uh, thought to be a sprained AC joint. I'm not sure if this is better or worse or doesn't make much difference, does it? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you're talking about either end of the collarbone. The AC joint is at the uh, end of the collarbone towards the point of the shoulder, and that's much more commonly injured than the uh, SC joint or sternoclavicular joint, which is on the uh, uh, part of the clavicle that's closest to the regular body. Um, so, you know, it being a joint, you've got ligaments that are connecting the two bones. And uh, sometimes if enough force is applied, those ligaments can be stretched or torn. Um, and from the sounds of things, you know, them calling this a sprain, that means that uh, the ligaments were stretched and not torn. And so that's usually a very good sign. Um, you know, most of the time these things kind of, uh, uh, you know, depending on the severity, that determines how long it takes to recover from them. Okay, but the SC joint per se does not make it worse than if it was the AC joint. It's just a, it's As long it's a, as it's not, you know, a complete dislocation. Right. Um, if you actually have a complete dislocation with the ligaments tearing, it, it can actually be kind of a dangerous injury. Yeah, um, that, does, that uh, but, does not appear to be the case. Yeah. So, so how do you treat this? Do you, do you, how do you stabilize the muscle, take pressure off the joint? What do you, is it just, just rest? How do you treat it? Typically, it's just rest, uh, you know, trying to avoid things that are going to aggravate it again. And so that's kind of the uh, delicate balancing act, uh, giving the tissues and ligaments enough time to recover uh, before stressing it again. And obviously, you know, time timeline-wise, you're trying to push it to the earliest as possible. But as with any injuries we've talked about many times, you know, if you try to get back too soon with some things, you could set the clock back and, you know, uh, take longer to heal in, in the long term. Doc, yeah. um, this might be an unfair question or one that you can't even answer, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Um, this type of injury susceptible to re-injury compared to others, more so, less so, if they were to push the envelope a little bit and try and get them out there, is this the type of injury where it 
uh, would be almost expected at some point you take any kind of hit, it's going to uh, increase the uh, pain that the guy's got to play through. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare this to other things. You know, obviously, if somebody has an ankle sprain, you know, that's a joint. And so uh, you can injure that, but you can tape an ankle um, where there's really no good way to tape a sternoclavicular joint. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Doc, you still there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, well, we will see what happens. Uh, the latest report says, and again, this is Adam Schefter, says that uh, the Eagles want to see how this weekend plays out in the NFC playoff race and how his shoulder responds to rest and treatment before determining whether he's going to play against the Saints on New Year's Day. So as my friend Jody Mack says, we shall see what we shall see. Dr. Pollard, we wish you and yours a great holiday uh, and a great new year, and we'll uh, talk to you in 2023. Thank you very much. Same to you guys, too. All right, thank you. There you go. Yeah, it sounds like it's not because it's this joint as a, the SC as opposed to what they thought the AC that doesn't necessarily make it any worse. So it's just resting and finding out. And Jody, if they win today, do you believe and do you agree that Jalen Hurts, we will next see him in, I was going to say the first round, but really the second round of the playoffs. Here's where I, I, if you had asked me this question Monday, I would have given you a very specific answer. Jalen, go ahead and take a couple weeks. If you want to go to the Bahamas, you want to go to the North Pole, wherever you want to go. I don't know about that, but You're not getting on the field, okay? No chance, no shot. But this week, the Eagles did a couple of things that flew in the face of their usual M.O. First things first, they activated um, Goddard on Monday, which the Eagles always wait to the very last minute to keep the other team not knowing and or guessing as to the availability of the player. But for whatever reason, they went ahead and they activated him on Monday. Now, most of us thought he was going to play last week because if you heard Dallas in any of the weeks that he was actually out, he was going, I don't even know if I needed to go on the IR. I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. I can get out there today. And they went to Chicago in the freezing cold, and they said, yeah, you know what, Dallas, take another week. Um, so I was kind of surprised that they did what they did, the way they handled him, and the fact that they announced that Gardner Minshew was going to be the starter. I would have bet good money on Monday or Tuesday, Glenn, that we're going to find out on Saturday. They're going to yeah. announce on Saturday who's going to – because Sirianni, since he's come in here, has always strived to get that competitive advantage. If keeping information close to the vest could give him any kind of edge, he always took that and ran with it at times, I think, almost to ludicrous ludicrous measures. So twice this week they did something that I thought for sure they weren't going to do when they did it. So I don't know about how much they're going to give the guys downtime because if you judge by last year, they put the entire JV team in there. And yes, we'll call I, I that meant- game. I've mentioned this on the air a couple times. Kudos and credit to my other partner, John McMullen, because he he reminded me of this. Last year, they had the COVID exception. So they had a bunch of guys who didn't have COVID, by the way, and Glenn Macnow can attest it's no bargain when you get it. Um, Yeah, that's fun. Just got over it. They just created it and said, oh, he's got the high temperature, so we'll put him on the COVID list, which you are allowed to do as per the rules, and call up guys from the practice squad without having to add them to the 53-man roster and just plug them in. So last year when we called the JV squad that they played, oh, yeah, it was. It was the practice squad is what it was. 
you can't do that this year. You don't have the COVID exception. So they're only going to be able to use so many subs in this game. So some of their starting players are going to have to play. I would have bet on it being the maximum number they can as per what their roster allows. Now I'm not so sure because they're they're stepping away from their usual M.O. on a couple things. Got to clinch first, so that's where we are. Yep. Uh, John in Ocean View uh, has thoughts about how the Eagles need to start today. John, what do you think? Hello? Yeah, we got you. What's up? Hey, Merry Christmas Eve. Thank anyway, you. Uh, I, too, think that It's a Wonderful Life is just a horrible movie. Absolutely horrible. What kind of Christmas story is about a man who has a family and is depressed, he hates his life, and he wants to commit suicide? kind of story Christmas story is that? Well, and, apparently and not, you not didn't even about make Christmas it to the end of the movie where he realizes that he, in fact, has had a wonderful life and what he has meant to everybody, <laughs> and they're under the tree. Yeah. How dare you, gotta sir? They've got to put up with agony for an hour and a half. Come on now. For the Christmas tree. John, take oh. it up with my wife, all right? <laughs> She's available. Six one zero six. Go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, with the Eagles, I yeah. think it's very important today, the first play from scrimmage, to be a colossal play, not a <laughs> let's test the waters play. Go out there with a 30, 40, 50-yard bomb or call a trick play or do something to make a statement that, hey, we're not impressed at all with the Cowboys. So wait a second. So a, 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 Miles, said, a Miles Sanders run for six yards will not do it for you. No. No, okay, say, I, a, I, I hold on, say, a play-action 12-yard first down to Dallas Goddard, you're not going to be happy with that. Well, that would be a success, but I want to make the statement that I'm looking for. I understand. You want I, it I, like I when, say, and let me just, let's, let's go there, and yeah. it was when they had Terrell Owens that they would do this. Andy would, first play of the game, heave it downfield for Terrell Owens, and it worked sometimes. That's what you want to see today, A.J. Brown on the receiving end. That, that's what I want to see. I, I don't see. If it fails, what do you lose? It's early in the game. Even if it gets picked, it's early in the game. Well, I don't if know about the pick one, but okay. All right. If it succeeds, it's making a statement. I understand. So, so let me ask you this. Here's my exit question for you. Eagles yeah. win the, the, the coin toss. Right. You want to defer or you want to receive? No, I want to take the ball. You want yeah, to do that, and you want that from the You team. got no chance whatsoever. None. <laughs> Zero. You talk about M.O., that's been a major Sirianni M.O. He yeah. always defers. And, and it, it annoys the snot out of me. Except it works. Except because they do it just by rote, Glenn, it bothers me. That, that there's no thought process put in. That if the matchups, and the Eagles gave us that whole matchup thing, that, well, we threw the ball as much as we did because we really loved the matchups before the game, and we laid it all out. We've got such a good read on everything, which for the most part they do, but they sold that to uh, explain why uh, Miles Sanders didn't get the ball till uh, six minutes left in the second quarter. If you're putting that much effort into figuring out ahead of time everything that can happen, you can't tell me every single time they've won the toss this year it's been more advantageous to play defense first rather than offense. No, I, I listen. I understand, but I think overall the statistics and here you go Jody the analytics of it suggest that teams that do that end up getting 
an extra possession more often than not. Not always, but it tends to work in their favor. Hey, let me just give you one bit of news. Ken Rosenthal, actually Ken Rosenthal is, is showing somebody else. Dan Hayes, um, does he work for MLB Network, I guess, is uh, reporting a story. Mets concerned with Carlos Correa's physical. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, there you go. Okay. We'll Apparently, find out they've seen the same X-rays that the Giants saw, who said, "Yeah, not so fast, my friend." We're Didn't not somebody ready to look at this before they announced the signing. Yeah, the for both teams. Yeah. Right. Do you want to see that stuff first at this that's, point? That's the way they do it. You want to get your fan base excited as soon as you come to an agreement. Uh, you get it out there. You put it out for public consumption, and then you do all your background uh, medical checks, and you go, mm. "Uh oh, wait a minute, hold yeah. on." <laughs> who knew? Uh, all right. Hey, coming up, our pal Ray Dinger joins us. We're going to talk some Eagles Cowboys with him. We'll get some calls in the next segment as well. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. 94 WIP. Chestnuts roasting <laughs> on an open fire. That's right. Jack Cross. I remember now. Well, I asked Jody his favorite Christmas song, and I asked our producer Colin Quinn his favorite Christmas song, and we play my favorite Christmas song today. But that, that is the favorite Christmas song of the one, the only, Ray Dinger. Is it? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Yes, that is. Um, my my parents were um, huge fans of Nat King Cole, and uh, so every year, I mean, Nat King Cole stuff was playing in our house all the time. Um, but uh, that uh, around this time of the year, that played all the time, and that that's probably will always be my favorite because it just brings back great memories. I got it. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank, regional presence, community touch, Meridian Bank, innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Well, Ray, love catching up with you, and love that we may have. A little more opportunity as the Eagles move in uh, to the playoffs. Let us start with the story of the day, which, of course, is that Gardner Minshew starts today. Um, I talked earlier about kind of the plan, the backup lift that we've seen this team and other teams get for the short term. But I'll ask you kind of your sense of uh, what to expect out of Gardner Minshew today and the Eagles because they're playing with the backup. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's actually a pretty good fit for the Eagles. Uh, you know what? Um, you know Minshew is by the standards of backups around the NFL now is, is is one of the better ones. He's more capable. I mean, he's he's been a starter. He's won, uh, and uh, and what he does well is uh, I mean he's he's obviously a very different he's obviously a very different kind of quarterback than than Jalen Hurts. Uh, but uh, and so 
Nick Sirianni is going to have to adjust his offense a little bit. I mean, the same playbook isn't going to be in play here. But there are a lot of things that I think he can do pretty effectively uh, against the Dallas defense. I was looking at some of the Dallas defense this week, and they're they're just not very good. I mean, um, you know, this really isn't the secondary that they plan to be playing with this season. They've had a lot of injuries back there, and they've got a lot of guys playing back there that really have some problems in terms of, making coverage mistakes and I mean there's a lot of opportunities to make plays they're throwing the ball um, and the best thing they do is rush the passer but one thing about Minshew is Minshew gets rid of the ball fast uh, and he's you know he's a bit of a dink and dunker but that's okay against this team I think you can be successful doing that and uh, one of the real one of the things that really is going to help him is the return of Dallas Goddard. Uh, I'd, I'd be willing to bet you that Dallas Goddard is probably going to be, as, as good as Smith and Brown are on the outside, I'd be willing to bet you that Dallas Goddard, even in his first game back, is probably going to be targeted more than anybody because the premium is going to be getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast, uh, and they'll get some real nice matchups underneath with Goddard uh, against this Dallas defense. Uh, and I think the Eagles are going to have. I think the Eagles are going to move the ball, and I think they're going to score. I, um, you know, it's, obviously you want Jalen Hurts back and healthy and ready to go in the playoffs. But I think in the short term, I think Minshew will do just fine. Ray, I'm going to go to your area of expertise, social media. Um, <laughs> which uh, I, I know is probably an unfair question, but I just saw this within the past hour. And, and I just want to make sure I just need to read this as is that there isn't a hidden message in there. C.J. Gardner-Johnson tweeted, please don't be surprised today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Is he just referring to the fact that the Eagles are an underdog and they're going to win this game? Don't be surprised as to what Vegas is telling you, or is there something more to it? I, I'm allowing you to read between the lines for me because I'm not sure if I'm missing something. Um. I am not. Uh, <laughs> I am not a social media guy. So, I, and, and, and nor, nor, uh, and well, that's that's certainly well established by this point. And and I, you know, and 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 CJ. I, I mean, I don't know him. I don't know if he's a, if sort of a, a, a wry, tongue in the cheek sort of guy. So I don't know exactly what his okay. sense of humor is. But I would, I would probably take it at face value and just say. Yeah, he's probably saying, you know, oh, yeah, we're an underdog. Yeah, right. Sure, believe that. I, first, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I don't, I don't know if there's any more of a hidden message to it understood. than that. And it's the first time this year the Eagles have been a dog. Yeah, they've been favored every single game up until today. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of how I read what what he's suggesting there. But uh, you know, I understand it. I mean, I, I as soon as the word came out that Hertz wasn't going to play this week, I was very curious to see what was going to happen to the betting line. You know, where how quickly it moved and where it moved. And this is about where I figured it would settle. But to be honest with you, I I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles offensively are going to be, I think they're going to be fine. And you know, I expect it to be the uh, you know a game where Dak Prescott will make a couple of ill-advised throws. And uh, I I kind of think the Eagles are going to come out of this. Will win. Uh, don't jump the gun. I need your I need your prediction at the end. But but uh, let me. Uh, I, I'm looking for cranky Ray Dinger for a moment. Oh, w- what happened last week with Miles Sanders? Right? How do you how do you explain that? Um, I the way I would explain it is that there, there was a mistake. It was the coaches. The coaches was poor judgment on the part of the coaches. And you know this is a year when uh, you know there's been very little to criticize with this coaching staff. Uh, I, I think they've done. A really good job, uh, and uh, especially on the offensive side, I think the I think the play calling, I think the play design, I think the game planning has been really good. Uh, 
but I think it's fair to I think it's fair to look at what they did in Chicago and just say that wasn't the smartest <laughs> that wasn't the smartest game plan that they've come out with. And, and, and Nick Sirianni sort of acknowledged that uh, in his Tuesday press conference that on a day when you're going against the, the Bears defense, and I, I know what the stats told you about the about the Bears' pass defense, and they were and they're they're bad, and there's no question about that. But you know, on a day like that, with the weather being what it was, and and even Jalen Hurts, who never complains about anything, said after the game that he had never played in conditions that were that cold and he couldn't even feel his hands. Well, come on. I mean, you got Miles Sanders coming off the best game of his career against a run defense that ain't all that great, okay, um, that this was not a day to, to have Jalen Hurts throwing the ball as much as he threw it, and, t- and especially running the ball and taking the kind of hits that he was taking. Um, I-, I think that was a day to just go in there Get real basic, you know, lean on your offensive line, which is damn good, uh, and a running back who's having a career year, and just grind it out, get the W, and fly home. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to say the coaches got the quarterback hurt, but they certainly contributed to it. And um, that, you know, I think that Sirianni, to me, he's coach of the year. I don't think there's much doubt about that. He, he probably won't win it. It seems like the polls all seem to be leaning in other directions, and there are some other candidates. But you know, I think he's done. I think he's been really that good all year. But but Sunday, I thought there was reason to point to his game plan and say, Coach, I I think you might have been a little better better off leaning on your running back. And I suspect that they'll probably see more of Miles Sanders today, see more of him earlier. And I certainly think that they, they should do that. I uh, mentioned this to Glenn earlier. I need your take on it. Um, the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing for the second time today. They may be playing a third time this year in Philadelphia if the Eagles get one win in their last three games, which we all believe is going to happen. Dallas is going to have to come here for a postseason game if that's the case. How much of keeping under wraps what you do best is in play in this game? Is it by the boards because Minshew is just a different quarterback than Jalen Hurts and you're going to run a different type of offense today? Or is that something that the Eagles really have to make sure they don't overtip their hand and give Dallas something that they think is really uh, significant in their playbook ahead of time in the game, which doesn't count nearly as much as a one uh, will next month? Right. Yeah, I uh, I know what you're saying. I think that's more um, – I don't think you have to worry about that at all on the offensive side because I think, as you pointed out, the offense you're going to be running with Minshew is going to be a lot different than the offense you're going to be running with Jalen Hurts. So you're not going to be tipping your hand too much here. I mean, you're going to be running a lot of different stuff because it's Minshew a quarterback, but it's not the kind of stuff you're going to be bringing back next month unless Minshew's still playing. So, no, I don't think you have to worry about that offensively. Uh, I, I don't think so. Defensively, you know, you may, you may want to think about that. Although, I, I don't – there is not – well, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be fair to Gannon here. There, there's, not a, there's not a whole lot of um, – misdirection or uh, nuance to to Gannon's off defense a no. little bit more than a little bit more than there was last year but he's it seems to me that he's a pretty straightforward defensive coordinator they don't change a whole lot and i i don't i think that what they're going to do today is pretty much what they've done most of the year i think it's certainly what they're going to play in the playoffs i mean he he knows what the strength of his team is uh he knows what his guys can do 
Uh, and now that he's got all of his people back, now that he's got Davis back, and he'll be getting hopefully getting a safety back later. Um, I don't think that they're going to change a whole heck of a lot. I mean, there's there's not a lot that Gannon week to week rolls out there that I haven't seen before. So you know, I think the idea of trying to keep some stuff, don't show him too much, and keep little stuff in your back pocket for the playoffs probably isn't that much of a factor, especially with the new quarterback plan. Ray, you mentioned. Um... Dak Prescott, a little earlier, uh, I forget what you said, waiting for him to do something stupid or something. But there, he, he's been very spotty since return from injury. I, I heard there's a little speculation. Maybe he's still feeling the injury. Uh, you and I have discussed over the years that Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks might be overrated a tad in general. But uh, what do you think of his performance over the last few games and what to expect today? Um. I think that uh, I have been – I've kind of been a Dak Prescott guy um, going back to his college days. I remember you wanted the Eagles to, to draft him back in the day, sure. Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the Wentz year, uh, and there was all the talk that the Eagles were going to trade up, trade up, you know, use all these resources to trade up and get to the top of the draft so they could take Wentz. And I said, yeah, heck, I would – I'd keep those high picks because I'd take Dak Prescott in round three. turns out you could have gotten him in round four. But I, I saw him in college, and I really thought, I said, this guy's he's going to come to the NFL, and he's going to be, he's, he can play in the NFL. I really do believe that. And he's proven that. He has. But, but the one thing about him is he's still even, you know, and we're pretty well along in his career now. Boy, he still makes some ill-advised throws. He's, he's still, and some, and some of it is just his natural competitiveness. Some of it is his, you know, part of it is the unwillingness to give up on a play. Uh, I mean, he still takes sacks he probably shouldn't take. Uh, but more than that, he's, he's always, he's, he has such great confidence in his arm. He tries to fit the ball into places where he shouldn't be throwing it. Uh, and sometimes he gets away with it. You know, sometimes he gets away with it because he's got a receiver in C.D. Lamb that can make those kinds of catches. Uh, and, and he's a good enough passer that he can sometimes get away with throws that he probably shouldn't make. But not all the time. Uh, and, it, and in some critical situations, he's made some throws that have really cost his team. And, uh, and that's, you know, to be at this point where he is right now, and having missed as many games as he's missed and already thrown 11 interceptions is, you know, that's not good. You know, that's, it, it's, really, it's really not. So that's, and that's kind of the, the difference here. You know, somebody was asking me a, a week or so ago, um, how would you size up Eagles-Cowboys in that bit, what looked like it was even a bigger game back then before the Cowboys lost in Jacksonville and before Hurts got hurt. And I said, you know, i got to like the Eagles in that game because one team's quarterback throws interceptions and the other team's quarterback doesn't. Yeah, and if you, look, if, you look around, if you look around the NFL now, I mean, that's, that's, really the, that's really the way the league is playing out this year. I mean, there's, there, you, you don't see blowout games very much. I mean, games, the, the, the margin of difference in games, the point differential week, week in and week out, across the board, good teams, bad teams, it doesn't matter. Every game is close. I mean, every game is playing close, well, and, and, you usually, league, and usually you know the league and, loves that. Oh, they do love that, and that's what the, and that's what they've been striving for. You know, with the rules and, and everything else, they they want close games, and they want they want a lot of teams in the race to the end, and that's what they're getting this year. But when you have a league that plays this many close games, usually those games are decided by mistakes and turnovers. And if you have the quarterback that makes mistakes, he's going to get you beat just enough to keep you from getting to where you want to go. Ray, let me combine a couple of things that you just said into another question. Um, Dak Prescott and trying to get the ball to C.D. Lamb. That's what I would do if I were Dak Prescott because, truth be told, I don't love any of their other receiving options. 
tight end solid. Uh, Michael Gallup has been a major disappointment. They're trying to get T.Y. Hilton up to speed that they took off the scrap heap this week. I'd be force-feeding the ball to C.D. Lamb as much as possible. Now, you mentioned Jonathan Gannon and his quasi-inflexibility. He has his defense. He sticks with his defense. Damn if it isn't working for him this year. But one of my critiques from time to time is I'd like to see him play a little bit more man. They play zone nearly exclusively. All the time. Every once in a while, he'll let the Slay travel with the best wide receiver. Very infrequently. Does he do any of that this week, knowing that C.D. Lamb is probably the only guy that can beat you in the passing game? Right. Yeah, I would. I would. But I think, I think one of the things that he feels, and I don't think he's wrong in feeling this, is he has, he has a lot of confidence in, his, in both corners now, which he really didn't have last year. I mean, they, they played with Nelson, but they, they understood Nelson's limitations. Bradbury is, is, is such an upgrade. Uh, I mean, they now they now have the two best corners in the league. I mean, I, uh, I I I've been looking around the league and looking at everybody else, everybody else's defense, and there's no pair in the NFL that are as good as Slay and Bradbury. They really aren't. So that's a tremendous foundation for your defense. Uh, and um, you know, he is not he is he is not a matchup guy uh, as coaches go. I mean, he's a, he's more of a system coach, and it's hard to argue against the defense that's played as well. And they are number one. They're number. They're number two overall, and they're number one against the pass, so it's hard to criticize. Uh, but my guess is that he will probably stick with his system. And maybe in certain situations, uh, he, may, he may put Slay one-on-one with Lamb, because I agree with you, Lamb is the only guy in that passing game that scares you. The tight end will make a few plays, but he's not going to beat you. Lamb can beat you. Uh, so he may, he may give them Slay now and again, just as a change-up look. But I think basically he's, he's a straight-up zone player. That's what he is, and that's what he's going to be. All right, Ray, before we get your prediction, one other thing I want to bring up to you. Uh, we all know that Franco Harris passed away this week, uh, which is a shame, and it's really a double shame because the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception is tomorrow. They're going to honor it this weekend at the at the Steelers game. He was going to have his number retired. It's like just, just, a, just a, such an unfortunate thing. Um, you got to know him back in the day. I know you wrote a book about the Steelers back then. If you would put uh, Franco Harris in perspective, both as a player and as a guy. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you, you really have to talk about both. I mean, everybody knows what kind of player he was. Uh, when he retired, he was number three all-time rusher. Uh, only guys that had more yards than him were Walter Payton and Jim Brown. Uh, I mean, that sort of speaks for itself. Uh, and um, and had a great it, it It is funny. I've always found it funny that, um, that he's remembered for that play. I mean, he'll he'll always be remembered for the immaculate reception, which stands by by vote and by acclamation as the greatest single play in the history of the National Football League. So of course you're going to be remembered for that. Uh, but it's so it's so funny to me because he was never really a receiver. You know, I mean, if you looked at the Steelers' offense, they didn't throw to the backs very much at all. I mean, Franco's career he 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 left the game with a hundred career touchdowns. Ninety-one of them were rushing attempts. <laughs> so, so this is not a guy that caught many passes, and he's remembered for catching a pass that he was that wasn't even thrown to him. But and that's and that's how his career is going to be remembered. But he's, uh, but but he is he was so much more than that. I mean, when he people don't realize when he retired from the NFL, he held twenty-four NFL records, twenty-four NFL records, and he is still to this day the all-time leading rusher in the Super Bowl. 
uh, and he scored at least one touchdown in all four of the Steelers Super Bowl wins. And you know, I remember talking to to Joe Green uh, back in the day, and uh, and and Joe said, you know, what people don't understand is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had we had Bradshaw and they had me, but we didn't start to win until we got Franco. You know, we were we were already on the roster, but mm-hmm. we became we became great when we got Franco. And he's true. He's right about that. I mean, they they became a championship team when Franco was a rookie that year. They won the division and they got to the conference semifinals. It was the first time the Steelers had ever been that far. And Franco was the missing piece. I mean, they had some really good players on defense. You know, they had in Bradshaw a talented young quarterback who was just still trying to figure it out. But Franco was the guy that put him over the top. And uh, he's uh, and. and the other part of it is just, and what a nice person. I mean, just what a nice guy. Uh, you mentioned that I wrote a book about the Steelers back then. I did. I wrote a book about them in 73. And I went out to Pittsburgh um, to, to do some interviews and to do some book signings. And I did a book signing with my book um, at, the Beaver Phil, at the Beaver Falls uh, Mall, shopping mall. Mm-hmm. And... They said, uh, you're going to do your book signing, and you're going to have Franco Harris with you. <laughs> oh, well, well, sell a we, few more books? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, we sold a lot of books. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the folks weren't coming and the folks weren't coming to meet me, and they weren't coming to shake my hand. And I don't even sure how many of them were coming to buy my book, but they were all coming to get Franco's autograph. Uh, and um, and I, the line, the line was the length of the mall. It went the, the whole length of the Beaver Falls Mall and out the door on a cold winter night. Uh, and Franco just sat there, and he was so nice to everybody. Posed for pictures, signed every autograph. He could not have been more of a gentleman, and that's the way he was. That's the way he was with everybody. Um, and you know, anybody that flies to Pittsburgh, you know, one of the first things you see when you come down the escalator is the, is is the statue of Franco making the catch, and uh, um, and that's how he'll be remembered. And you know what? He loved that. He never was. He never got tired of talking about that, and he never ever would tell you whether or not he actually caught the ball. I know. Always, when when we was, had him for tell us your story, uh, we asked that obvious question, and he ha- he knows his answer, which was, "You'll never know." That's uh, exactly Ray, right. Before we let you go, your pick for today. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles. You know, I think they'll. I think they can win with Minshew. It's going to be a little bit of a different look and then a little bit of a different team, but I still think the matchups and his dink and dunk kind of passing will work against the Dallas defense. Uh, but Dallas, you know, they're going to come at you, uh, and they'll make some plays too. So I'm going to say Eagles 27, Dallas 24. All right, Love couple it. quickies before we let you run, Ray. Uh, number one, went to Pittsburgh once in my life, and I went to the airport just to see the statue. I drove in, drove to Pittsburgh, drove back, but I had to go to the airport just to see the statue. So I know the significance of it in that town. You are dead on right. All right, and I need to ask this question because somebody's got to be a Grinch on the day before Christmas, and McNeil's too good a guy to do so. If the Eagles lose, what's going to be the temperature of Eagle Nation this week? Oh, um, I don't think it's going to be. Do you think it's going to be panic? Not panic, but I don't think it will be. Eh, so what? We'll get him next week. I think it'll be. How's Jalen shoulder? Can we get an updated MRI on that? How, yeah. how exactly is he doing? Uh, I think it's going to be kind of middle of the road. I, I would hope that it's – stop. we got two weeks. It's going to happen. But I'm not sure it's going to be that because it's the Cowboys. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think the first reaction will be, well, Jalen will be okay, right? I mean, he's, he's going to be. I think that's the people's reaction. He'll be fine, right? I mean, this isn't a big long-term problem. As long as people know they're going to get Hurts back, I think they feel pretty good about where they're going in the postseason. Look, a loss to the Cowboys never goes down easy in this town. Right. I mean, nobody, nobody ever just ho-hums losing to the Cowboys. I mean, that stings regardless of the record. So there'll be, so there'll, there'll be some grumbling. But as long as people can be assured that Hurts will be fine for the playoffs, I think that there won't be... You know, there won't be any crisis mode. At least I hope not. And I don't expect it's going to come to that. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Ray, it is always a pleasure. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Maria, David, uh, all your kids and grandkids. And I know you're going to be gathering with them all today. Have a great time. And I know we're going to talk to you soon, pal. You sure will. I'll be talking to you. Take care, guys. Happy holidays, Ray. The great great Ray Dinger. I like this pick. You and I will give our picks. Coming up, I have been very lax in going to the phones. Joe in Merchantville comes up right as soon as we get back. You can join him at 215-592-9494. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now. Eagles-Cowboys, Saturday on 94 WIP. All right, Kyle. Um, I mean, we've kind of asked everybody their favorite Christmas song today and been playing them. Uh, Who is that? You don't know the Drifters? No, I know the Drifters. Whose favorite song is that? I know the song. Uh, That's uh, that's my number two. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. That's 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 cool. An oldie but a goodie. I like it. Yeah, I love those. Uh, That works for me. Uh, Let's say hi to Joe in Merchantville. Joe, thanks for your patience, man. Ah, no problem. You guys are uh, always fun to listen to, especially when Ray comes on. That's a, that's a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Although tough to follow, I'd say, right? Uh, you're good. <laughs> um, I, well, for all those people who, who have really kind of been pretty harsh on our offensive and defensive coordinators, they're going to be happy relatively soon because they're both going to have head coaching jobs in the not-too-distant uh. future. <laughs> you know, score. I, I think you're probably right. Jody, I was kind of looking the other day. I was reading an article on on all the coaches who deserve to get fired after this year, right? McDaniel's and Kingsbury and um, Hackett, and there there was probably a half a dozen who could well lose their job, uh, maybe more. And both Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon have to be at the top of the list. And I will say this, Joe. Um, I remember kind of the decline of Andy Reid with the Eagles came when all of those great assistant coaches he had started moving on to other jobs. 
Um, and that's what happens. You get yourself a great staff, yeah. and guys get hired. And as much as Eagle fans may not like Jonathan Gannon, uh, your point is well taken. And, Jody, I know you feel strongly about this. Replacing him, you don't know you're going to get somebody any better. Oh, and by the way, if you're talking about Gannon, um, Schefter report from early this morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning. When the hell does that guy sleep? More power to him. That uh, Sean Payton, who will be the number one candidate above and beyond either uh, Gannon or or Steichen, um, has uh, kind of let it leak out that Vic Fangio would be his defensive coordinator of choice wherever he lands with a job next year. And I had been speculating that if Gannon takes a head coaching job, Vic Fangio would be uh, the number one choice for the Mm. Eagles to replace him as their D.C. because they basically play a Vic Fangio defense that Gannon got most of his defensive concepts from Fangio. He showed up at Eagles training camp this year. You know, they get the visitors that come in during training camp and you read into it, probably overread into it. That's what I read into Fangio showing up at the Eagles camp. So if that's the case, it might be even more difficult to replace Gannon than one thinks. Yeah. Joe, what do you think today? I'm, I'm confident. I think uh, Michu can uh, can certainly uh, win one game. Um, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. And and for those people who think that's a discredit to uh, Hertz, that's kind of silly. Yeah, I don't I, think I, and I've heard and thank. Hey, Joe, great call, man. Thank you so much. And I've heard some of that this week, Jody. And it, I mean, it stems from all the hubbub that came out of the much uh, overrated and overstated Micah Parsons stuff that. He was being that hurts. Jalen hurts is being discredited as just a system quarterback and so on. And I, I, I'm not sure that that's what Micah Parsons was exactly trying to say. And I certainly think that it is a discredit to Jalen hurts to say he's a system quarterback, unless you think as I do that, yeah, he's a system quarterback because they designed the system for him. Mm-hmm. So that the system is designed to maximize his talents and abilities. If that's a knock on the guy, so be it. I don't think so. But to his point, and I heard this somewhat this week, I don't know you know, when you were working and if you heard this, if Gardner Minshew win, I actually, God bless, Jack Fritz, who I love and produces the pregame show coming up today, said, if I, if I interpret him correctly, he would be happy to see the Eagles lose because that way people would not say that Gardner Minshew proved that Jalen Hurts is just a system quarterback. Jack Fritz is a dope. Well... Uh. I would agree with it based on this. Uh, okay. Um, here's where, uh, if, if Jack said that, uh, I, I see where he's coming from. I understand the point he's trying to make, but you got to get certainly more into the weeds than that. If the Eagles lose 38-35 today and Minshew goes for 395 and four touchdowns, well, that doesn't prove a damn thing. The offense was great. They lost because the defense or a fumble or a timely intercept or whatever uh, you can't just make a general statement about win and or lose. It determines is Gardner Minshew the equal of Jalen Hurts. That's that's way too simplistic. Uh, do you think Gardner's going to put up big numbers today and define big numbers any way no, you I want? No, I give you over under of uh, two hundred yards. Two hundred is not is like uh, diddly squat. Yeah, well. And, and, right, the, yeah, and right, the Cowboys so and the Cowboys have no cornerback on the other side across from. Nah, that's true. Uh, that's He's two, better two, two and a quarter, two hundred yards, two twenty-five, sixteen for twenty-five for two hundred twenty-five. That would be a Minshew-like performance. Guess what? That's not Jalen Hurts. Not even close. No, no. 
Stop. And by the way, Those he's not going to rush for 180 either. Yeah, that no chance, no shot. Right. All right. It is time. Oh, by the way, let me just say this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Regional presence, community touch, Meridian Bank, innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Jody, let's pick a couple of games, shall we? All right, I got a couple for you, Mac. Uh, you go. You get, let's do one. One. Let's go back and forth. You go first. Back and forth. All right. Uh, I am going to stay on a train that's been successful for me for the last month, and that's the Detroit Lion train. They've covered seven straight games. They've yeah. won seven in a row. They've covered seven in a row. They have a legit chance to make the playoffs because uh, the Commanders are out in San Francisco today. If they lose, Lions win. Lions will jump into that last wild card spot in the NFC. They're in Carolina. I know they're a dome team, and it's going to be cold in Carolina. Not Philly cold, but cold in the 30s. Certainly colder than 72 and comfortable in Detroit's dome. But I think that Goff is going to make enough plays. I got no confidence in Sam Darnold or that Panther team. So I'm going to take the Lions and give two and a half points. All right. I'm going to go with uh, the Bengals minus three in New England. Um, Patriots defense is pretty good, but I don't know what Belichick was thinking. It seems like he hired his pals to run the offense this year. And they are awful, and they are poorly coached. And Cincinnati is not going to give up any long drives to the Patriots, and I think there's a good mismatch for the Bengals uh, with their receivers that the Patriots are not going to be able to deal with. Cincinnati clinches uh, its second straight postseason berth, which is a big deal there. Bengals giving three in New England. Give me the black and orange. Fair, and fair enough, and oh, by the way, we will double up on that one because my second choice was going to be the Bengals. Minus three against the Patriots. We are in lockstep on that one. All right. My second one, Jody, I'm going to go with a team that's won one game all year. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Texans, who are getting three in Tennessee. They won one game, but they are playing close. They, they got an overtime game against the Cowboys. Tennessee has lost Ryan Tannehill for, <coughs> excuse me, for the rest of the year. Um and I think that the tenant, the Titans just look like they are in collapse. Remember, they had the best. They had the number one seed last year in Tennessee. Uh, I think they're falling apart. I think the Texans are hanging in. I'm going to pick the, well, I don't know, upset to win, but I'm going to pick the Texans getting three against a very confused Tennessee Titans. All right, that's the first time we're on the other side. If I had oh, to good. take that one, I'd take Tennessee um, just because I have no faith in Houston and their dome team going outside, and I think Derrick Henry might run for 100 and change, but that's just me. My final pick will be the Sunday night game. The Steelers have played better football of late. The Raiders find new and creative ways to lose every single week, Every almost every single week. Oh, I think they'll do so again. Add to the fact that you have the uh, loss of Franco Harris, and they're retiring his number tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're getting Pickett back. I, I think Pittsburgh wins the game tonight, and they're only a point and a half. Uh, yeah, favorite, that's good. So that's good. Give me the emotional. Steelers. Yeah, that's a lot of emotion on that one. Okay. All right. Uh, I just uh, I have to uh, personally address one person, Dad. Uh, if you're listening, and you probably are, turn down the radio for a moment, Dad, because <laughs> I don't think you're gonna like what I'm about to say. Listen, I love my Buffalo Bills. You know that they are eight point favorite on the road in Chicago. 
you talked earlier about, uh, or I guess Ray talked earlier about how close games are in the NFL this year, and I I don't see the Bills by more than a touchdown. Um, Bears defense looked pretty good against the Eagles. I thought it's going to be brutal cold there, which may equalize things a little bit. Bills defensive line has not been great against the running game. Chicago's got it. Um, Khalil Herbert comes back this week. Bills win, but I don't think they win by more than a touchdown. Dad, I love you. I'm sorry. I'll call you later. Right? I know where you. I know where you're coming from. My daughter was livid when I picked the Lions over the Jets last week. She's, Dad, how can you do that? Well, yeah. no, your job is to try and get games right. And if you see it against the team that you're rooting for, you got to go there. So, so be it. Uh, uh, you got to do what you got to do, Mac Man. All right, we will come back. We'll give you our picks on today's game. We'll find out from producer Kyle Quinn what we forgot to talk about. We'll sneak in a call or two at 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. All day, Eagles-Cowboys coming up at 4, 425 kickoff. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what time's the kickoff? 425? 425 kickoff right here with Marilyn Mike on 94 WIP. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.